life, one of your greatest motivations is to go back and look at where you started. And so we went back and listened to our original first few episodes. And, well, um... So unlike other podcasts, the Nerd Coliseum doesn't rely... Yes, instead, our winners will be decided based on the combination. And just like our criteria, our movie contenders have been... Oh, boy, I gotta tell you, that, that, that sounds awful. We didn't want those to be the first impression of our podcast to any new listeners who may start from the beginning. So, if you're a longtime listener, we've decided to do what Hollywood loves to do and remake our original first few episodes. The categories, the script, and the outcome are all the same, except the quality is greatly improved and we have added in our special flair throughout the show. If this is your first time joining us, welcome! We've always been this awesome. (laughs) This is the Nerd Coliseum. This is the level that we wanted to be at the whole time. (laughs) Hello there, I'm Frankie. And I'm Kristen. Welcome to the Nerd Coliseum, a podcast where movies, TV, video games, or anything pop culture battles it out in rounds, tournament style, for the number one spot in our countdowns. For our very first tournament, we will be pitting the top eight grossing movies from the year 1999 against each other, until only one movie is left standing. This means that there will be seven separate rounds of games where the movies will face off against each other one-on-one. Each face-off will be judged on three unique criteria that have been randomly selected by our spinning wheel of chance. We will use these criteria to discuss the films and award points to them each round. The movie with the most points in the end wins the game round and moves forward in the tournament. And just like our criteria, our movie contenders have been paired off for battle using a random generator. So, unlike other podcasts, the Nerd Coliseum doesn't rely heavily on the personal opinion of its hosts. That's right. Our winners will be decided based on the combination of chance and facts, like box office numbers, critic and audience scores, pop culture impact, along with other resources we, the host, may deem appropriate. But everything will be in regards to the unique criteria that has been randomly selected by chance for the battle. And with that, I think it's time to introduce our contenders for our very first tournament. Like we said earlier, for this, we will be pitting the top eight grossing movies from the year 1999 against each other. The year 1999 seemed to be a golden year for movies, which was one of the reasons we decided to go with this category for our very first tournament. Those movies announced from least to greatest in regards of their box office earnings are... Number 8, The Mummy. Number 7, Big Daddy. Number 6, Tarzan. Number 5, The Matrix. Number 4, Toy Story 2. Number 3, Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me. Number 2, the Sixth Sense. And number one, Star Wars, Episode One, The Phantom Menace. All right, so now that we know the individual contenders, let's see who has been pitted to face off one-on-one by our random generator. 
All right, here we go. Game one will be the blockbuster special effects behemoths, the Matrix versus the Mummy. And this match will be the sole focus of this podcast episode. But real quick, let's see what our future matchups are going to be. Okay, game two, our next episode, is going to be the long-awaited space opera against a classic Sandler comedy. I'm talking about Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace versus Big Daddy. Wow. Okay, okay. <laughs> Was not expecting that matchup, but we'll see how that goes in our next episode. For now, let's see what Game 3 will be. Mm, game 3, we will see a sequel battle with Austin Powers, The Spy Who Shagged Me versus Toy Story 2. And game four will be the pop culture thriller against Disney animation. The Sixth Sense versus Tarzan. This is an extremely exciting lineup so far. Some of these are going to be pretty interesting. All right, all right. Let's get started. Game one, The Matrix versus The Mummy. On one side of the Colosseum, we have The Matrix, a science fiction action film directed by the Wachowskis. The movie follows computer programmer Thomas Anderson, who uses his computer hacker alter ego, Neo, to uncover an unfortunate truth, that humanity is trapped inside a simulated reality created by merciless machines known as Sentinels who farm the human race for energy. Right now, we're inside a computer program? Is it really so hard to believe? Following this profound revelation, Neo is recruited into the rebellion by Morpheus and Trinity, who plan to fight against the machines and save the human race from the dystopian doom. The movie was the first installment of the Matrix film series and is a representative of the cyberpunk sci-fi subgenre. It stars Keanu Reeves, Lawrence Fishburne, Carrie Ann Moss, and Hugo Weaving. On the other side of the Colosseum, we have The Mummy, an action-adventure written and directed by Stephen Summers. The movie takes place in 1929 AD and follows adventurer Rick O'Connell, who is drafted by Evelyn, a meek English librarian slash aspiring archaeologist, who has come into possession of a map leading to the lost city of the dead. Racing against a rival team of greedy treasure hunters, our heroes eventually find the fabled city only to mistakenly awaken the evil Imhotep, an ancient mummified priest with supernatural powers. You have unleashed a creature that we have feared for more than 3,000 years. Is the bringer of death. He will never stop. The movie is a loose remake of the 1932 film of the same name. It stars Brendan Fraser, Rachel Weisz, John Hanna, and Arnold Vasloo. All right, now we must spin the spinning wheel of chance to see what three criteria these movies will use to battle it out. First criteria, special effects. Appropriate. Second criteria, overall franchise spawn. 
third criteria, memorable characters. Alright, let's get this match started. First, let's compare special effects. The Matrix is best known for the legendary rooftop scene where Neo defies physics and dodges an array of bullets by slowing time and bending his body impossibly backwards. That visual effect has since been coined bullet time. The method used for creating these effects involved a technically expanded version of an old photography technique known as time slice photography, which gives the impression of time slowing or standing still as the camera continues to move in real time. By 2002, the famous bullet time sequence had been spoofed in over 20 different movies. Matrix! <laughs> oh, my back! The visual effects crew did a phenomenal job at bringing to life the unique world of the ever-warping and changing Matrix, as well as adding that unique style to the combat throughout the movie. They did such an amazing job, in fact, that actor Keanu Reeves, who plays Neo, didn't think they were paid enough and gave $75 million of his own profits from the movie to the crew of The Matrix. Additionally, I think the biggest thing to note is that The Matrix won the Academy Award for Best Visual Effects of that year. The effects of The Mummy were generally praised, especially those of the title creature. And in addition to the mummy character, the mummy is remembered by its numerous effect shots used to magnify the sense of adventure for the film. The filmmakers reportedly spent $15 million of the budget on special effects. The mummy features hundreds of shots that require digital special effects in post-production, totaling over 245 shots. The sandstorms in the film can owe their look to special effects programs previously used to create the tornadoes that chased Helen Hunt and Bill Paxson in the 1996 movie, Twister. Another cow! Actually, I think that was the same one. While the masses of flesh-eating scarabs used techniques developed for Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, another movie competing in our tournament. The Mummy was an Academy Award nominee for Best Achievement in Special Effects, but it lost this award to another movie. And you may have guessed it. That movie that it lost it to was... The Matrix. Ooh, that's gonna hurt. While both of these films made strong uses of special effects, it's hard to deny that with the creation of Bullet Time, as well as taking home an Academy Award for Best Visual Effects, The Matrix is the best choice of the two. Yes, and that is why the Nerd Coliseum will be awarding The Matrix the point for this criteria. You hear that, Mr. Anderson? That is the sound of inevitability. Now, what kind of franchise legacy did these films spawn? The Mummy's box office performance led to two sequels, The Mummy Returns in 2001 and The Mummy Tomb of the Dragon Emperor in 2008. But overall critical and audience response seemed to decline with each following film entry. <laughs> Nevertheless, the movie spawned spin-offs that included both an animated TV series, which lasted two seasons, and a spin-off prequel, The Scorpion King. <laughs> which spawned a smaller franchise of its own design consisting of five films. A video game was released along with each of its movie counterparts. 
The first video game was released for Game Boy Color, PlayStation, and Microsoft Windows. The PlayStation and Game Boy Color version received mixed reviews, while the PC version received generally unfavorable reviews. The Mummy inspired the roller coaster Revenge of the Mummy. The new Revenge of the Mummy The Ride opens June 25th at Universal Studios Hollywood. Which can be found in three Universal Studios theme parks Hollywood, California, Orlando, Florida, and Sentosa, Singapore. Since 2004, the ride has won Best Indoor Coaster so frequently that the award category has since been retired and the ride has been given legendary status by the Golden Ticket Awards. Well, geez, no wonder I like that ride so much. So what about The Matrix? The Matrix's mainstream success led to the making of three sequels, The Matrix Reloaded and The Matrix Revolutions, both directed by the Wachowskis and released in 2003. The third, most recent sequel, The Matrix Resurrections, was released December 2021 in theaters and HBO Max, and probably shouldn't have been resurrected. Okay, how? However, very much like The Mummy franchise, critics' and audiences' responses declined with each subsequent release. Even so, the franchise spawned The Animatrix, a collection of nine animated short films providing backstory to the universe using the Japanese animation style of anime. The franchise likewise contains three video games. One, Enter the Matrix from 2003, which contains footage shot specifically for the game and chronicles events taking place before and during The Matrix Reloaded. If we fail, Neo fails, and that cannot happen at any cost. It received mixed reviews from critics, but sold 5 million copies as of May 2004. Another, The Matrix Online in 2004, was a massively multiplayer online role-playing game, which continued the story beyond The Matrix Revolutions. However, Sony Online Entertainment shut down operation of the game on July 31, 2009. At the time, it had fewer than 500 active players. The franchise also includes a series of comics and short stories, which were originally presented for free on the Matrix series' website between 1999 and 2003. By September 2004, a printed volume of the comic series had sold over 60,000 copies. This is really close. Both franchises have spawned great legacies, and both will undoubtedly continue to live on. But one legendary theme park attraction in particular will allow one franchise to be enjoyed daily by thousands for years to come, long after their movies have been absent from theaters. Using that fact as a kicker, the point for overall franchise spawn goes to... The Mummy. I think I'll kill you. <laughs> think of my children. You don't have any children. Someday I might... Shut up. Last but not least, our criteria of... Memorable Characters. How do I even begin talking about The Matrix's memorable characters? You have Neo, Trinity, Morpheus, and Agent Smith. They're all bigger-than-life characters with unbelievable abilities. Even if someone had never seen the Matrix movie, they can look at a picture of a character from the Matrix and know exactly what movie it's from. If someone had seen the movie, they would also remember the wisdom and the immeasurable presence of Morpheus. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain. 
but you feel it. The Chosen One, Neo, and the mysterious and frightening Agent Smith. Human beings are a disease, a cancer of this planet. And the tritagonist we loved almost more than the protagonist, Trinity. Dodge this. I could go on and on and on about these characters in this movie. No matter what character was on the screen, they took control of that scene. They all had something special and unique that they brought into the film, and the performers chosen to play these roles couldn't have been better cast. I mean, think about the character of Trinity. She is the first thing we see in the movie, and within a minute, we witness her being a complete and total badass. She wins us over right at the beginning of the movie, especially after we hear Agent Smith say, Hello, Lieutenant. Your men are already dead. Carrie Ann Moss is a powerhouse in this movie. Other actresses considered for the role were Jada Pinkett-Smith, who ended up playing the role of Niobe, Sandra Bullock, and Gillian Anderson from The X-Files. Regardless, I can't imagine anyone else playing Trinity alongside Keanu Reeves than Carrie Ann Moss. The most important point about the characters is that they were all connected to each other and each had an important role to play in the development of the story. Trinity, who very much resembles Neo, is an integral part in Thomas Anderson becoming Neo and breaking the cycle of the rebooting Matrix by showing that the love between them is more powerful than death itself. Anyways, I could go on and on about the characters of the Matrix, but the biggest takeaway is that the four main characters are each unique and contribute to the film in really big ways. No matter the scene, if one of these characters is in it, we are excited and thrilled by the prospect of their development. There is a strong case to be made for the main as well as side characters of The Mummy. From Benny, the obnoxious Hungarian thief who finds himself on the wrong side of the river, to Evelyn, a breakaway from the typical cliché damsel-in-distress female lead, and to Emotep, the supernatural undead mummy, there is hardly a boring character to be found in this movie. The chemistry of all performances is something that is very notable. There is one critique of Star Wars Episode One: The Phantom Menace, another special effects behemoth from 1991, and that critique is that the huge use of green screen and special effects made the performances of the actors fall a little flat. But with The Mummy, you can see a cast lose themselves in their world, which shows through their chemistry. However, the clear standout is Rick O'Connell, played by Brendan Fraser. Daddy! You're with me on this one, right? Oh, your strength gives me strength. Honestly, when anyone thinks of 1999's The Mummy, the first thing that comes to mind is probably not the title monster, but instead actor Brendan Fraser. His portrayal was well received by critics and audiences alike upon the film's release, and has even drawn some comparison to Indiana Jones over time. What? What'd I say? While the role of Rick O'Connell was first allegedly offered to the likes of Tom Cruise, Matt Damon, and Ben Affleck before Brendan Fraser was cast, there's no actor other than Fraser who could have made the role as great as we know it today. Even director Stephen Summers declared Fraser a perfect fit for the swashbuckling role he has always envisioned. So far, both The Matrix and The Mummy have one point each. The winner of this criteria takes home the most points and will win game one of our very first tournament. I wonder if listeners can guess who the winner is of this criteria. Well, if they listen to the original 
episode, they're going to know the answer already. But if this is your first time joining us and you are enjoying the remake of this episode, which is hopefully much better in post, then if they guess the characters that dressed mostly in sunglasses, trench coats, latex and leather, then they'd be correct. Yes, the final criteria point of memorable characters will be awarded to The Matrix. Fear, doubt, and disbelief. Free your mind. It's hard to deny that the characters of The Matrix are easily recognizable, even to those that may have never even seen any of The Matrix movies. That means the winner of Game 1 and the movie that will move forward in the tournament will be... The Matrix. Yeah, sadly, this will be the end of the road for The Mummy. Maybe one day we'll see this movie return as a contender in a future tournament lineup. Well, that concludes a very close and difficult Game 1 here on the Nerd Coliseum. Our next episode will cover Game 2, where the long-awaited space opera goes toe-to-toe against a classic Sandler comedy. Star Wars Episode 1, The Phantom Menace versus Big Daddy. It's an interesting and off-the-wall pairing for sure, but depending on the criteria that is randomly selected by our spinning wheel of chance, it can be any movie's game. Very true. Thank you for listening. Don't miss out on our future games and tournaments, and remember to subscribe to our podcast and leave a review, if available, through your podcast provider. The Nerd Coliseum is available wherever you get your podcast. You can also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and TikTok. Or email us at thenerdcoliseum at gmail.com. Coliseum is spelled as in the Roman Coliseum, C-O-L-O-S-S-E-U-M. I'm Frankie. And I'm Kristen. That's all for now. This is the Nerd Coliseum reminding you not to be on the wrong side of the river. Until next time, bye bye And then we're going to have bloopers for this one? Huh? <laughs> I guess I have bloopers, too. <laughs> if there are bloopers. But we're too good for bloopers these days. <laughs> just kidding. Well, the first time we recorded this, we were so nervous that it was probably just like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, hey, Lingo, let me, let me um, reread it. Um, I mean, um, I'm so sorry. Um, okay. The mummy. Um. The mummy is What's my uh... name? What's my name? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm Frankie. And I'm Kristen. Welcome to the Nerd Coliseum, a podcast where movies, TV, video games, or anything pop culture battles it out in rounds, tournament style, for the number one spot in our countdown. For our very first tournament, we will be pitting the top eight grossing movies from the year 1999 against each other until only one movie is left standing.